Uh, so that's I'm writing down right now a six foot eight half cooked ham. That is the episode title. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Football Absurdity Podcast. My name is Jeff Crisco. I'm here with my co-host Walker Kelly and Mike Valverde. With the episode everybody's been waiting for, it's Sleeper Kickers, everybody. Hell yeah. And, I, and I'm only half kidding. <laughs> it's wide receiver, sleeper wide receivers, breakout wide receivers, and busts, also tight ends and kickers. Also, I may or may not have COVID and my brain isn't working right, so this should be a very interesting episode. Walker, how is your day going? Oh, just fine. You know, did had some work, played a little bit of video games, ate dinner pretty normal stuff just gonna have an extremely normal podcast nothing weird's gonna happen at all it's gonna be the most normal podcast you've ever heard in your life more and more people are saying it folks uh what uh what game are you playing you still playing the ncaa no nah, i'm playing nhl right now oh nice so i'm excited about the red wings the national himbo league folks pretty much that's, that's basically what, they, what it is that's what they call it mike how's your day going well, I'm glad I have a foot for a head. I mean, um, a, not hey. a foot for a forehead, but other than hey, that, that's um, your goat, man. That's that's your team's goat. It's got the foot head. <laughs> that's true. That is true. His, his head looks like the state of Indiana. Yeah, that's how big my <laughs> head is. Um, man, I, I think I smell a Photoshop. <laughs> uh, this is, of course, we are, of course, referring to Peyton Manning and his massive forehead. Oh, I thought we were talking about my head. Um, oh, no, your head's not that big, man. <laughs> well, I, I would uh, object, but um, we'll, we'll see. Um, no, you're 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 that arrogant. You're, it's just that your actual head's not that big. Oh, <laughs> Physically, your head. Physically, your head is not that large. Yes, yeah, metaphorically, you've got a massive ego. This guy <laughs> can't get over it. It's huge. Uh, <laughs> all right so let's uh let's get into it because like i said i may or may not have covid and i am racing the clock to losing my mind so uh this is our part two of our sleeper breakout and bust episodes part one is in the patreon feed uh that is quarterbacks and running backs um if you want to join our patreon it's patreon.com slash football absurdity uh we are going through player profiles right now Um, I have 115 of them written as of right now, uh, 45 to go. Um, Those are all going up five a day every day on the site. Those are going to get bundled. I know. I've only only written um, 73,000 words in the last 30 days. Um, Those are going to get bundled into a draft kit, which you can buy for $7. Details for that will be on the website. If you join the Patreon, which is only $3 a month, you get it for free. We also update it. Uh, three or four times during the month of August. Um, I haven't looked at the schedule directly. I believe it's uh, three updates during August. Um, Discord is tiny.cc slash fbabsurdity. Twitter is fballabsurdity or at Big Daddy Dricks for Walker. RFL Red Zone for Mike at Jeff Crisco for me. Um, in the Discord right now, we we're talking about Scott Fishbowl for a lot of people are, are in Scott Fishbowl or outside looking in. And um, I just wanted to, instead of doing a pick your poison, uh, let's talk about our Scott Fishbowl teams. So yeah. uh, all of us are in Scott Fishbowl. Waleed is also in Scott Fishbowl. Uh, he runs uh, another portion of the site. And so um, what rounds are you folks in? Six. Six? 
Mike, what we, round is your what we, round is your draft in? We have just started the seventh round. We we seven oh one just went off the board. Wow. I am one pick away from making my fifteenth pick in this league. Oh wow. Okay. Of course that was because I was at the live draft on Saturday, which is not where I got sick. I don't know. I would like to say my wife caught it first. My wife was not in San Francisco. Is it my fifteenth round pick or my sixteenth round pick? Sixteenth uh, so, round pick. So yours just pop up kind of automatically then. What do you mean? Because you already did the draft. Uh no, I mean we did it in Sleeper. So we did ten rounds in Sleeper, uh, live, and then they um they held the draft for everybody else for us to finish it. Oh okay, gotcha. Yeah, so we didn't get too far ahead of everybody else. Um, so yeah, my last round pick, I got a player that I love that Walker absolutely hates. My God, who is that Walker? Hey, I, I do not hate Daryl Williams. Ah, uh, so you okay? So you didn't fall into my trap. I tried not to. <laughs> so yes, I took Daryl the Barrel Williams with fifteen, Will Fuller at fourteen, which. I, as of right now, I, I posted it on Twitter. I said, what have I become? Because there's a great tool at spikeweek.com that kind of does player analysis. I am the highest person on Will Fuller this year, apparently. I thought 14th round was like nice value because as soon as he joins a team, he's going to be a top, top 30 wide receiver by ADP. And I got him at like wide receiver 60. Just nobody's thinking about him. Yeah. So I, I was like, I was like giggling to myself. I'm like, oh man, this is going to be a great pick. And then I was the high guy. My my goal is now I'm now going to take Will Fuller a round earlier than you did just so you don't have that anymore. <laughs> You're gonna miss out on my 13th round pick, Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, great. Trubisky. That's I I would like to do that. I yeah. don't want him. Yeah. So I accidentally triple stacked when I took Trubisky because I took uh, Deontay Johnson. So now all of my quarterbacks are stacked. I got uh, Brady and Evans, uh, Hertz and Goddard and uh, Trubisky and Deontay Johnson. And sorry to uh, Tony who posted today on Twitter that he started hearing about Scott Fishbowl. <laughs> Too bad. Sorry about that. Uh, so, Mike, who, where did you pick? What was your first round pick? My first round pick was Kyler Murray. Kyler yes. Murray? This guy loves rushing quarterbacks. I do. I can't help myself. I love good rushing quarterbacks. Um, and then uh, I went the complete alternate universe and went Derek Carr at 206. Okay. Then Ste- Stefan Diggs at 306. Nice. Uh, Saquon Barkley at 407. Nice. Dalton Schultz at 506. TJ Hawkinson at 607. Oh, interesting. Okay. So, so- double tight end. Yeah, and I, Mike, your third round reversal meant nothing to you, basically, is what I'm hearing. Because <laughs> you had either pick six or seven in every single round. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It meant, yeah, I still got the same um, mid pick. Yeah. So, Walker, where are you sitting? Are you sitting pretty? So, through six rounds, um, I took uh, a really good running quarterback, Lamar Jackson, in the first Jaylen round. Jalen Hurts. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Second round, I took Justin Jefferson. Um, that was at 209. Um, then 309, I took Devontae Adams. Uh, 404, I took Ryan Tannehill. Um, did you guys know that Ryan Tannehill finished 23rd overall in SFB scoring last year? What? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, 23rd overall. overall. Yeah. Good Lord. 
and he's going to probably be better this year because he wasn't any good last year. Yeah, <laughs> so, my God. That's, that's crazy. Value. Um, I might get him for my third quarterback because he's still available. Do it. You should. Yeah. But uh, what round did you get, Tannehill? I took him in the fourth. Oh, in the oh fourth. wow. He went in the 11th in mine. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's, I was going to take, I was going to, I was, it was between him and, da- and Michael Thomas for me, and I was thinking he would get on the comeback, but I didn't. Yeah. And then uh, I took um, Antonio Gibson in the fifth round and uh, Zach Ertz in the sixth. I like that Ertz in the sixth. So, yeah, I've, excuse me, Ertz and Goddard were the only two tight ends remaining that I felt comfortable with in terms of being like an every week starter. So I just went with that. But, uh, I mean, Juju still on the board right now. Brandon Cooks is still on the board. Um, uh, Chase Edmonds is still on the board. So, and then there's quite a few quarterbacks I can get for my quarterback three. Mills is still there. Mac is still there. Golf's still there. So I got options. So run, run down your team real quick. Lamar Jackson, uh, Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams, Ryan Tannehill, Antonio Gibson, Zach Ertz. Nice. Thanks. Yeah, so, um, I like it so far. So I might pick on the air because we're waiting for Howard Bender to pick, and then it's me. And uh, I'm down to... Uh, two wide receivers, David Bell or Al- Alec Pierce, folks. Bell. I'd go, I'd go Bell just because of the targets he's going to get. That's my that's my plan too. Here's the other question. Uh, should I risk it? The and then or uh, blah. Let me try that again. I mentioned I might have COVID. Nobody can roast me. Uh, should I risk it and take uh Khalil Herbert here, and then come on the bounce back or just? get that guy because i don't need running backs i have I would, one two three four five running backs i feel great I, about them. i would just take bell what about yeah. taking kyron williams or tyler Beatty? i yeah. wouldn't recommend doing that actually. <laughs> both of those okay let me let me uh double let me double check with you guys first before i do this so um Sorry, my neighbor is sawing wood, and I got very confused by the sound. Um, no, never mind. Those are the only wide receivers I want. I don't want to mess around I saw with wood. Davis or DPJ or Van wood. Jefferson or George Pickens. I am just blowing through that uh, comment. Uh, yeah, so we're going to go David Bell here if uh, Howard Bender doesn't do it. So, all right, cool. Or I could go Justin Tucker, lock up that kicker. No, dude, that's not what Mike wants to hear. Lock up the kicker. <laughs> lock him up. Lock him up. Actually, I'm probably going to go kicker next round and just get it over with in round 17. Because there's still a ton of kickers available, and I would just like to have that over with. Uh, in Scott Fishbowl, if you play on Sleeper, for people who don't know, you don't have to... Um, uh, I, in my fantasy league, you don't have to start a kicker. In Sleeper, you do. So, um, I'm in my fantasy league, so you don't have to. Just pay attention to that rule difference, essentially, if you're in Scott Must Fishbowl. Must be nice. Let's see. I got six. After this pick, I got one, two, three, four, five, six picks left. So I have six kickers that I can load up on. So, all right. <laughs> That's enough Woo-hoo. of that. Let's talk sleeper, breakout, and bust wide receiver and tight end. And place kicker. Again, uh, quarterback and running back are on the Patreon feed uh, last week. Uh, just check it out. Three bucks a month. We'll get you that. So. 
Um, we also discussed our definitions of sleeper, breakout, and bust. Uh, if you want to hear us try to define this stuff, uh, go ahead and pay us money to do that. Otherwise, that's right. Otherwise, screw off, Bucko. <laughs> you don't get it. <laughs> um, all right, so uh, we will start with uh, sleepers, sleeper wide receivers, and we'll go ahead and start with Walker, who has uh, a, the law firm of Jacoby and Myers, wide receiver fifty-four. Pick 128 by ADP, a buck and a half by uh, average uh, salary draft uh, salary. So uh, New England Patriots, kind of a a crowded wide receiver core, but you like the value on uh, Jacoby Myers. Yeah, I mean, Myers isn't going to lose his role with Devontae Parker coming in. They can do completely different things. Mac Jones loves to throw short and intermediate routes, which is what Myers runs largely. Um, you would think at least a little bit of positive regression is coming in terms of his touchdown production. Um, I think I have him projected for four touchdowns this year, so not anything crazy, but you know, more than zero or two. Um, and he, he has a very consistent role on an offense that values his skill set. He was top 36 receiver last year. He's in just as good of a situation this year. So I, I don't understand why his ADP is down at 54. It's I think it's just because he's not necessarily the most exciting guy, but like Jacoby Myers is like a really cheap version of Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, Myers will get, you know, St. Brown will probably get you 90 for almost a thousand. Myers will get you 80 for 850. So uh, you're not scared that he was only top 36 with a career high in touchdowns last year. <laughs> no, I'm not concerned about that because, as I said, that was two touchdowns. So, and it's third third year as well. So, if you ascribe to the third year breakout, uh, it's only his third year. Yeah. God, it feels like Jacoby Myers has been around for like 15 years. No, he, he's a pretty new guy. Oh wow, yeah. Probably because who is the who is the the wide receiver the. He broke his arm in the preseason. He was a Patriots wide receiver. He was the hot sleeper every year before it was Jacoby Myers. It was Kembrell um, Tompkins. Kembrell Tompkins. Oh my yeah. God, I remember that dude. Yeah. <laughs> that, Pull they that probably, out. They occupy the same space in my brain, which is Patriots wide receiver. I am not going to worry about learning. But um, yeah, I mean, Jacoby Myers had, he's gone up in, uh, fan, not fantasy points, in yardage every year of his career. Um, you know, Receptions, he's, touchdowns, yeah, everything. Under 26 targets last year, and um, you know, I just kind of with the, this wide receiver group, I uh, just kind of set it aside and was like, somebody's going to emerge. I don't know who. I'm just going to go ahead and leave it as is. But they did trade a true alpha, a uh, former first round pick this week that will clear up a lot of space. So there is that to think about. Yeah, they got they got and kill Harry out of there. They, they were like, hey, Chicago, what will you pay us for Nikhil Harry? And they were like, I don't know, like a conditional seventh round pick in like 50. Done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was it was that's as close to no compensation as you can possibly get. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember there was an old episode of the Ross Tucker football podcast when I still listened to it, where he talked about those trades. Basically, they're considered like everybody just trying to save face and not cutting Nikhil Harry so that Nikhil Harry wasn't cut. The Patriots didn't waste a pick by cutting Nikhil Harry. It's like a few years ago, well, a decade ago now, the uh, John Baldwin for uh, AJ, um, Jenkins AJ, AJ Jenkins trade, where it was like, all right, we're going to trade these guys, and then the new team will cut them so that it's not the team who drafted them's fault that they busted out of the league. Sure, yeah. 
All right. So um, let's go ahead and move on to the next sleeper wide receiver, uh, which is mine, which we talked about uh, briefly uh, when we we're talking about Scott Fishbowl. It is David Bell, rookie wide receiver on Cleveland, wide receiver 86, 246 overall. Um, this one is a little bit iffy. Oh, uh, he is, sorry, uh, $0 in salary cap drafts. Um, this one is a little bit iffy because of the um, Deshaun, Wash- Deshaun Washington. Good God. Deshaun Watson uh, legal situation going on where we don't know if he's going to get suspended or not. Um, but uh, if he do- if he does get suspended, I don't think it's going to be Jacoby Brissett, honestly. I think it's, you know, there's all these rumors swirling about how Jimmy Garoppolo is going to get traded um, by the end of the month. And I think that it's basically um going to be going to the Browns as soon as the Deshaun Watson suspension goes down, which means, um, you know, a lot of dump offs, a lot of short area targets. And I think those are all going to go towards David Bell because uh, we talked about it with. Um, oh, my gosh, my brain is not good today. Holy hell, guys. Um, we talked about it when we were talking about rookie running or wide receivers where we were talking about how oh, with he, Patrick with Patrick. Thank you. Um, about how he is just sort of like uh, a guy that just appears open and um, sort of like an Anquan Bolden or Jarvis Landry. He's going to get you a lot of PPR points um, Mm -hmm. underneath. And um, I don't believe in Amari Cooper. This might shock everybody, but um, Amari Cooper is not as good as everybody thinks he is, especially not anymore. And I kind of have faith that David Bell will take over that role. Um, of the short area target, especially especially if it's Jimmy Garoppolo or Jacoby Brissett, because that's really going to destroy the value of like a DPJ, who's more of a deeper threat than David Bell, who's just kind of a dump off guy. And so I have a lot of faith that um, David Bell will have some value this year, um, especially in a Scott Fishbowl type atmosphere where um, you get half and a half a point for a first down in addition to half a point for a catch. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree with that with Bell. I mean, he's, I think, a great value right now. He's essentially free, and I think he's got the clearest path to um, a productive role that any, you know, player that you're going to draft around there does. So, um, yeah, I, I think that uh, I like Bell as a prospect. I think he went to a good spot for him to produce early in his career, and I think he will. Yeah. And one of the things that I think might scare people away is his measurables aren't great, but that's not really his game. He's not really a, a deep, deep speed guy. There's a reason I invoked Anquan Bolden or Jarvis Landry. It's kind of a short area. Um, just get open by any means necessary within the first like six or seven yards of the line of scrimmage. Mike, what are your thoughts on uh, David Bell? Yeah, I think it's everything you just said. Uh, I have a lot of hope with Jacoby Brissett. Jimmy Garoppolo, because they are very accurate in those short to intermediate uh-huh. zones. If Watson's the quarterback, then he's going to get everybody else in play. He's going to get Mario Cooper. He's going to get TBJ. He's going to get Anthony Schwartz, all those players involved, because he is so very accurate throwing deep. But Garoppolo and, and Brissett are not. Uh, so good if uh, not only if Watson suspended for a year, because he d- deserves it even more. Good, yeah, it's like good uh, if Watson is suspended for a year. Oh, um, Next thought. <laughs> yeah, and good if if for Bell, if Brissett or Garoppolo is also the quarterback. So I looked into um, Jacoby Brissett a little bit today when I was writing about Amari Cooper because I was waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for some suspension to get handed down. And, and I was like, all right, well, I just got to write about Amari Cooper. I can't keep waiting. Um, 
do you remember i'm gonna ask walker because i'm I'm not going to ask Mike because it's his team, but do you remember who led uh, in targets the last time that Jacoby Brissett started a significant number of games for the Colts in 2019? Who who was his highest targeted player? Yeah, who led the team in targets? Was T.Y. Hilton healthy that year? Uh, T.Y. Hilton had 68 targets and was second on the team. Okay, I'm going to guess Jack Doyle. It was Zach Pascal. Oh, okay. And actually, um, it was also Jack Doyle. But I yeah, I was going to say Jack Doyle. They, um, they both tied with seventy-two. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. So, I mean, you think about the Jack Doyle. That's a more of a short area target, and like Naheem Hines. I mean, uh, also had fifty-eight targets. So again, more of that in and around the line of scrimmage. Eric Ebron had fifty-two. Again, in and around the line of scrimmage, sort of guys. So. Um, and know, then look at when he was quarterback at Miami for last year, who who exploded on the scene, Mike Gesicki. Um, Michael J. So he loves his tight ends. He loves his short area um, targets. All right. So, uh, Mike, let's move on to your guy. Uh, pick 158 overall, wide receiver 60. He's a buck in salary cap drafts. It is the wide receiver three for um, Russell Wilson. That is, of course, David, oh, sorry, wrong team. Tim Patrick. Timmy P, baby. Timmy um, P. I, yeah, I love this guy. I've, I've really, ever, ever since like 2019, I've seen him um, perform and play and just saw so much potential in him. And then 2020 rolled around and he got some looks, did some things. But then in 2021, he really exploded on the scene. Five touchdowns, 53 receptions, 734 yards. He finished, I think, as a wide receiver 40, what was it, 41, I believe, 42. Finished as a wide receiver 42 with people like Teddy Bridgewater and Drew, and Drew Locke um, throwing him the ball. Um, and now he has Russell Wilson. Uh, I think 42 is going to be way too low. I think his ADP right now is extremely low. I mean, wide receiver 60, are you kidding me? With a change of Russell Wilson after finishing as a wide receiver 42, what are you people doing? Uh, I'll take that every single day, him at wide receiver 60, but he's going to finish anywhere between wide receiver 32 and 35 on the season. So if you get it, got him at wide receiver 60, congratulations. You probably are way into winning your league if not into the playoffs for sure see what i think about tim patrick is like he is also the type of player that i want to get on my team because we'll know right away if russell wilson is getting three guys involved or not because you know it might be a situation where like it was in seattle where he didn't get three guys involved you know um or it might be you know with nathaniel hackett coming over from uh green bay he didn't get three guys involved either but if they do get three guys involved, Tim Patrick is definitely in a situation where he should have a ton of fantasy points. But we'll know right away if Tim Patrick's, you know, getting like five or four targets a game. We'll know right away that it's not a three man uh, uh, wide receiver room and we can just move on from it. I think I, I think even if it's a two man, I think Tim Patrick's the guy, regardless of the situation. My my viewpoint is it's either going to be Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy. And it's going to be either one of those and Tim Patrick for for the steady amount of games. It's just you're going to have to guess right on whether it's Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy. But I I can guarantee you it's going to be Tim Patrick um, as the second option if they're only doing two two wide receivers. 
Okay. Uh, Walker, what are your thoughts on uh, Timmy P? Uh, I mean, I love Timmy P. Um, not not as bullish as Mike, I would say, but I definitely think he's a value at wide receiver 60. I have him in the 40s. Um, I, I think that he's definitely the best value of the Broncos receivers. He has a better production profile thus far in his career than Jerry Judy does. So I, you know, I, I, I think that Patrick is definitely a value there. And uh, I agree with Mike. It's a you know good sleeper pick for sure. Okay, then. So um, our sleepers here are at wide receiver. Walker has Jacoby Myers. I have David Bell. Mike has Timmy P, Tim Patrick. Um, so let's go ahead and move on to breakouts, which are sleepers, but not quite as much. That's 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 the long and the short of it. Yeah, so sleepers, but they already kind of did something. They little. like they hit the snooze alarm is what happened. Yeah, so they're still asleep, but they're kind of awake a little bit. Mm. Um, so we're going to go start off with Walker again. Uh, Walker uh, is going with Michael Pittman, wide receiver, 13, 32 overall, 20 point eight dollars in salary cap drafts. So, um, Walker, you're going to go with uh, Michael Pittman for Mike's uh, Colts. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I just I don't want people to get nervous about the uh, wide receiver 13 price and think it's too much. Uh, he was, I believe, wide receiver 18 last year with a much less accurate quarterback. Um, I fully believe, you know, Matt Ryan has been able to sustain wide receiver one production through Roddy White, through Julio Jones, through Calvin Ridley. Um, this guy almost always has a high quality wide receiver one. Um, Michael Pittman is good enough to be that guy. Uh, I think he's one of the usual two per year that jump from outside the top 12 receivers into the top 12 receivers. And uh, I, I like Pittman as one of those guys. I think he's in the perfect situation. He's got the right type of quarterback. Um, and I was really encouraged by what I saw from his play last year on the field. Okay. So um, Mike Walker and I are just going to mute our, mute our microphones and let us know when you're done uh, raving about how much you agree with, uh, with, uh, with Walker here. I, actually, I kind of don't. Um, what? Yeah. Um, Record scratch noise. <laughs> I put that there because I'm 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 not gonna put it in in post or anything. But I I, I think I think well it's because okay so it depends on how you want to look at a breakout right. I think Michael Pittman in a breakout sense is is finally getting official notice and. People, you know, around that play fantasy football start to really pay attention to Michael Pittman being a great uh, route runner. Maybe not great, but above average route runner. Someone who can get play intermediate to to deep um, run run those type of, you know, anywhere from a four to a nine kind of routes uh, and is going to be a lot better because. Matt Ryan has actually thrown the ball and he'll be accurate. Someone like Pittman who can go up and leap and have a tremendous catch radius, his speed. He's, he's very good at um, getting open in space and using that space to, to gain yards. But all this is already in Michael Pittman. His wide receiver 13, I believe is baked in. It's going to be capped because the, the Colts offense. And that's why I slightly disagree because it's not like he's going to jump from a wide receiver 13 to a wide receiver five um, and that kind of breakout or a wide receiver eight. It's, it, it would be very hard pressed for him to get more than being a wide receiver 10, I believe, just because of Jonathan Taylor. 
So a breakout in sense of people taking notice, absolutely, he's going to cement that. But as a breakout as far as ADP, I disagree. Speaking of cap, I'm going to go with Mike's take on Michael Pittman Jr. Did well, I do this, that right? This MF cap in. <laughs> <laughs> Even I sound old saying that. Cap, cap. you fool. That's why I like the the cap emoji because it I don't have to say it I can just I can just express it with with uh, with an emoji so uh, like my mom does <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm I'm kind of in the middle um, you know if Michael Pittman is going as high as Walker has him going which is uh, wide receiver what was it thirteen thirteen uh, we, we have. Yeah. We have dueling wide receiver 13s because Mike ADP data said wide receiver 13 as well for Deontay later on. But um, 13, I feel is a little too high for him, but I feel like 18 or 19 is too low, if that makes sense. Like, I feel like he's firmly like wide receiver. Okay, then I was going to say then put him at 15, I guess. But yeah, yeah. He's 13 like to 15. Yeah. Firmly wide receiver 15 for me. And um, I think it, he's going to be top 12. And, and the only difference between like tw- top 12 and top 18 is you know like maybe two touchdowns right over the course of a season so you know we could everybody here could be correct about that right um right so i'm gonna i'm gonna go with somebody that we've kind of not really talked about i think because the fantasy football cognoscenti or illuminati or whatever you want to say at large has gone completely overboard uh talking this guy to death and that's uh the sun god amon ross st brown um, he is going at wide receiver 26 pick 61 overall or $5.7 in a salary cap draft. Um, I'm going to ask you two, what is the argument against Amon Ross St. Brown that we hear most? Uh, he was a fourth round pick, so he can't be very good. Mike, what else do we hear? Uh, uh, volume. That's my biggest take on him, but I don't know how that, if that's the masses take on it as well. Well, the, the, what I'm, what I'm, what I'm uh, going for there is he didn't do anything until they lost TJ Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift. Which right. Which is not true. Which is sort of what my, my thoughts as far as masses are concerned, as far as volume. Because if you add Swift and you add Hawkinson in the, in the mix, and there are three intermediate route runners, who's going to get the ball? Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown. Yes. Because the best he showed last year. Yeah, he showed last year that he deserves targets over TJ Hawkinson. That's my comeback for that, which is, sure, those are all short area targets, but one, uh, they, he only played three games without Swift and Hawkinson last year. So the idea that, you know, they were both gone for the entire second half, which is when Amon Ross St. Brown uh, broke out, is kind of fallacious. You know, I think it's sort of a thing where people stopped paying attention to the Lions, and so they didn't realize that... Uh, you know, DeAndre Swift came back, and in those two games, Amon Ross St. Brown had around uh, 90 plus yards and a touchdown in both of those games. Also, the Lions started to win games when they started to give the ball to Amon Ross St. Brown, despite missing one or both of Hawkinson and Swift at that part of the season. So it's one of those things that it's like, uh, you know, are they going to set him aside because he was too good of a value in drafts and he did exactly what they wanted him to do in drafts, and because he, you know, came through as a day three pick. Um, or are they just going to, you know, go, hey, maybe we need to keep giving this guy the ball because we're winning when we do that thing. And it is a great um, 
thing for us to have this guy at value. Uh, the other thing you hear is, oh, they added DJ Chark and Jamison Williams. Well, well they added yeah. they added DJ Chark as a deep threat, which isn't going to hurt Amon St. Brown. And they added Jamison Williams for 2023 and beyond, which isn't going to hurt Amon St. Brown this year. Right. So I'm not particularly concerned about any of that. Um, and it was, Goff isn't going to go deep anyways. He's yeah, deep. and it, it was it was smart to fade Amon St. Brown last year because of the 2% chance that he comes through his rookie year. Fine, I don't begrudge you that. But the problem is, is that he went down on so many people's spreadsheets as a miss for them or an outlier from last year that they refused to lean back into it this year. They refused to go, okay, well, he wasn't a profile that I thought was going to come through his rookie year, but he did, so let me adjust this. Um, it's just not a thing that that people are doing. And um, I wrote his player profile the other day, and um, he had more targets last year. I'm sorry, he had um, 110 targets last year, which had a list of 28 wide receivers, and he had a higher yards per target than guys like DK Metcalf, Stephen Diggs, Keenan Allen, who are all going in the top uh, 15 at the position. He also had, um, you know, the 10th most rookie targets since 2010. Um so he showed that he does deserve the targets. It's so what just about that, what about this argument or the lack of defenses that the Lions faced at the end of the season weren't very top notch? They have one of the easiest schedules in the league this season. Yeah, okay. say, don't they have a, a last last place schedule this last year? Last place schedule, yeah. Okay, so the, just just take what I just said. Wrap it up and throw it out the window. And shove it up. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, and another thing that supports the idea that St. Brown's going to continue to be a focal point of the offense is that um, when Anthony Lynn was taken off of offensive coordinator duty and it started being Dan Campbell and Ben Johnson running the offense, that's when Amon Ross St. Brown started to be used more. And Ben Johnson is now the full-time offensive coordinator. So he's going to keep doing what worked for him before, because why would he stop doing the thing that worked? Because so, because the day three pick is too good value. They have to stop using it. It so doesn't make sense. <laughs> so you're saying draft Jamison Williams. Got it. No. no. Jamison Williams isn't going to play this year. Oh, yes, he is. Well, not, not enough. He's not going to play. Not, till like no, he's November. not. He's not going to play enough to be fantasy relevant, but. Yeah. Yeah. So well, yeah, what's, I, the, what's the, what's the recent out of camp with him or out of uh, uh, lions? He's not, he's not ready. Yeah. I figured he's not playing until like November. I'm thinking he's going to start on the pup and uh, he'll be out. I think that's four weeks now. So, um, and then they'll probably reevaluate him. And my, my guess is that he'll probably not be ready still. Okay. So, Fair enough. Yeah, I so would say might... maybe October. Oof. Yeah. Well, I said November, so I guess that's basically, you know, depending on when in October, but a lot of the same. So, all right, that's enough on Ross St. Brown talk. I just had to get him on to the episode. So let's talk about Mike's breakout. Uh, wide receiver 38, 93 overall, $3.6 in salary cap drafts. And Mike, I just want to know this Rashad Bateman breakout. This is because he's tied to such a top tier passing quarterback right well you absolutely. always talk about how much you love lamar jackson as a passer absolutely it's all about lamar jackson being such a, a accurate quarterback 
such a wonderful dude. Um, and hey, he's someone... fine as a dude. Don't 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 besmirch Lamar Jackson the person because you don't like Lamar Jackson the passer. That's true. That's unfair. But I don't care. Whatever. Um, <laughs> I'm like, so I'm gonna say whatever I want. I don't give it. I don't give anything. I don't care. Um, but um, yeah, no, Rashad Bateman and uh, they're, they're, who's the deep threat in Baltimore? Like, Devin nobody. Duvernay. Devin Duvernay, right? And of course, he's going to have some competition with with Mark Andrews, but he is really the only legit receiver that Baltimore has. He runs those great short to intermediate routes. He is a crisp route runner. I think Lamar Jackson is going to be targeting this guy like no other. And being him at what was it wide receiver 38 um, pro for uh, for football, whatever the hell the name is um, <laughs> on four for four. <laughs> yeah, whatever the heck that is. Um they um, I, I think they're really missing the boat on him. He's I could see him going as 36, but he's going to finish inside the top 20, like that's it's top 24, like 20 to 22. I, I see uh, Bateman and as a breakout, not only that, but uh, someone who really came on last year who didn't really get a start because of injuries and had to work through things and had Tyler Huntley a part of the time and not really working a lot with Lamar Jackson. They have this whole whole summer to work those things and get in United. I, I really think this but Bateman to let Jackson to Bateman combination is going to be really exciting to watch. All right. Uh, Walker, what are your thoughts? Um, I think I'm less sure that Bateman's going to break out, but I do like the player. I do like the situation. Um, I think wide receiver 38 is too late for him. I I would say I'm not, like I said, I'm not quite as enthused as Mike about him, but I would say like at around that, you know, 30 range is where I would, where I would be looking at taking him. And that's still a full round, maybe even a round and a half ahead of his ADP. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I I think that he's a good player, and there's certainly a scenario where he does break out. Is it at 30 because of touchdown situation? Because I can see that being a big problem. And just the passing volume not being super high in the offense. Yeah. So, Walker, uh, you don't contend uh, with the point that uh, Tylen Wallace isn't good? <laughs> Tylen Wallace is fine. A couple, of year, a couple of weeks ago, you were talking about how you liked Tylen Wallace. So I, wanted I, think to... Tylen, I think that they're, the, everybody says that their wide receiver depth is terrible. You called them a poop from a butt. The, I stand by my statement. <laughs> but... Devin DuVernay, James Prochet, and Tylen Wallace are perfectly fine depth receivers in the NFL. What about Victor Benjamin? No. Get him out of or here. Or Benjamin, Benjamin Victor. What's his first name? It's, it's Benjamin Victor. Nope, it's Benjamin. <laughs> it's definitely not. I mean. No, what about, I, don't, I don't like him. What about Makai Polk? No. Or Slade Bolden? Absolutely not. <laughs> All right, fine. Uh, are we going to talk about uh, Zach Wilson? Uh, I'll just say very funny and we no. can move on. It's not true, <laughs> by the way. I don't care. He he brought meaning to Stacy's mom. So. You, Walker, are you going to let reality get in the way of something that is very funny? No. Exactly. So it's very funny whether it's real or not. Yeah, it, um, is it is funny. So, all right. So we talked about sleepers and breakouts it at wide receiver. So that is not how the song goes, Mike. Yeah. 
<laughs> Stay Casey's mom. <laughs> that is not how the song goes. Um, so breakouts are. are it's a uh, cover Mike, song, okay? Deal with it. <laughs> Mike's doing Michael, a cover. Michael Pittman, Amon Ross, St. Brown, and Rashad Bateman for the three of us. By the way, do you do you remember the song 1985 by Bowling for Soup? Yes. That's a cover. Of. Uh, 1985 by SR71, the Right Now guys. Oh. Like, the Bowling for Soup guys heard it and were like, hey, can we cover this? And SR71 was like, sure. And they made it way better. Like, the original <laughs> is really bad. Oh. So there you go. That, that's your uh, your fun fact for today. Um, So let's move on to busts. So we had the good vibes about wide receivers. Let's talk some bad vibes. Um, this is kind of tied to what Mike was saying earlier with Tim Patrick, but Walker, you have Jerry Judy, wide receiver 22, picked 57 overall, $4.9 salary cap drop. So you have him as a bust. Yeah. Um, why are we taking Jerry Judy, who's been in the league two years and hasn't done anything yet, over Amon Ross St. Brown or Elijah Moore, who have been in the league one year and are actually very good at football and have shown the fact that they're very good at football? It doesn't uh, because Jerry Judy uh was very hyped up when he came out of the draft so we will continue to believe that he came, he, from alabama don't you know that means everything it's true i mean i i don't know it's it's weird to me i mean his auction pr- or his uh, scout salary cap price excuse me isn't that egregious if you want to pay five dollars for jerry judy fine pay five dollars for jerry judy but I'm just not gonna have him anywhere near wide receiver twenty two I believe I have him in the high thirties uh, like 38. So he's simply just not a guy I'm targeting whatsoever because I think the price is out of control. Um, I think Jerry Judy definitely has the traits of a good receiver, but he simply hasn't put it together at this point in his career. Um, I don't think that just because his quarterback got better means he's automatically going to be a good football player now. Um, you know, Tim Patrick was producing at a more consistent rate. Cortland Sutton was producing at a more consistent rate than Jerry Judy were. So I don't understand why a better quarterback would suddenly make Jerry Judy get better than Cortland Sutton would or than Tim Patrick would. Um, I, I just, I don't think that he's going to be the guy that breaks out from this receiver room. I, I'm, I've been discouraged by what I've seen on the field the last couple seasons. So um, yeah, I'm out on Jerry Judy for sure. So this is, this is my thoughts, my basic thoughts on the Sutton versus Judy debate. We've seen Sutton do it before, as you mentioned, Walker. Judy hasn't done it before. Uh, Two-thirds of his games have been outside the top 36. Um, So just completely useless games. Uh, He also had two-thirds as many air yards as Cortland Sutton, like over the last couple of years since they've been in the league per game. His A-dot is outside the top 50. He's supposed to be this, like, sort of – deeper threat guy who can take people deep and, and, and work them underneath as well and be this kind of all around wide receiver, but it's just not there. Uh, but with Cortland Sutton, um, he had the second highest depth of target last season and the fifth most unrealized air yards. So I'm going to go with that profile over Jerry Judy's profile with Russell Wilson uh, at quarterback. Mm-hmm. Jerry Judy is one of the players that I'm like, you know what, if I miss on him this year, I'm fine because I want to see him do it first. We've seen Cortland Sutton do it. We have not seen Jerry Judy do it. So I'm fully out on Jerry Judy as well. Mike, your thoughts. Yeah, well, I'm I'm 
when you were talking about two receivers, that's how I've been seeing this offense uh, transpose on the football field. Is the other well. one Tim Patrick? Like you said, Tim Patrick. Ago? Yep. Tim Patrick <laughs> and uh, Cortland Sutton are the two players that I see coming out of this offense. And if there's only two wide receivers being consistently used at a very strong um, volume level, then that means the third guy, Jerry Judy, is going to be left out in the cold. Fair enough. All right. All right. Uh, Giants won on a walk-off. Yeah, they Just, did. Yeah, they did. All right. Um, so let's I don't talk care. About, uh, Walker, I have bad news. I had to cut Javi Baez in my fantasy league. Sorry. Uh-oh. That's okay. I don't care about that either. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But you do care about uh, – oh, it's my bust. I, I was going to transition – Two busts, uh, your bust, but you just went. Uh, again, brain very good today, folks. Uh, I'm going to talk about A.J. Brown is the wide receiver that I'm going to talk about. Um, <laughs> I Jesus love Christ. <laughs> that was intentional. Um, I, I love I love A.J. Brown, the talent. Um, it's just a very straightforward thing where he has not fulfilled this wide receiver nine potential yet on a Tennessee Titans team that uh, not only threw the ball more times than the Eagles did, but also had fewer targets to divvy it up to. So you've got A.J. Brown, you've got Devonta Smith, and you've got Dallas Goddard there in um, uh, Philadelphia, Philadelphia, whereas last year it was basically just A.J. Brown, the year before that, A.J. Brown and Corey Davis. And A.J. Brown wasn't able to fulfill this. So on a team that throws the ball less – um, with a passer that probably isn't as good with Jalen Hurts compared to Ryan Tannehill. I mean, it's fairly straightforward for me to just completely pass on A.J. Brown this year, despite being a huge A.J. Brown head. It's just I, the situation I hate more so than the player. And um, we've like accounted for this low pass volume offense, which will grow, but it has to grow by like 80 targets to get to the um, I'm sorry, 40 targets to get to the uh, Titans pass level last year. We've accounted for this in Devonta Smith's ADP, but we have not done this for AJ Brown's ADP. So th- this is me just begging people to realize that the, the Eagles are not going to pass the ball as many times as you want, or as many times as you think if you're leaning into AJ Brown as a top 10 wide receiver this year. It's just not going to happen. In addition, Jalen Hurts had 10 rushing touchdowns last year. I mean, granted, Ryan Tannehill had seven. I'm guessing because he has seven every single year. He um, had five. He had five. I what think. a bust. Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> bust. Uh, I mean, either way, Ryan Tannehill had a bunch of rushing touchdowns, but Jalen Hurts led the position. He also led the position in rushing. So there's not a lot left in terms of offensive production. He had seven last year. Oh, uh-huh. all right. Uh, there's not a lot, lot left in offensive production for the passing game. I think A.J. Brown's going to be a player that – He's not going to be like wide receiver 50 at the end of the year, but he's probably looking more towards like wide receiver 25, 26. He's going to be very boom bust, I think, this year where he helps out Jalen Hurts's passing total more so than helping fantasy teams uh, with their fantasy points. I think wide receiver 25 is way too low for A.J. Brown, but I also think wide receiver nine is too high. Um, I probably won't have a whole lot of AJ Brown um, unless I'm in a draft where he just happens to fall. Um, yeah. Devonte Smith's not going away. He's probably going to be a top 36 guy this year. Dallas Goddard is almost assuredly going to be a top 10 tight end. So 
there's just not going to be enough left for AJ Brown to be wide receiver nine, in my opinion. Um, I could easily see wide receiver 14, but that's still not getting you very good value. And uh, so even though I like AJ Brown for fantasy a little bit more than Jeff does, I'm still largely out at his ADP. I just want to be clear. I don't have him projected at wide receiver 25. I was just saying I could easily see him ending up there. I think I have him at 16 or 17. So still you're higher. Without injury, I'd be shocked if he was outside the top 20. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just one of those things where, you know, what if it's what if this is the year that Devonta Smith gets like 11 touchdowns and then all of a sudden Brown is. Oh, I have him at 15. So there you go. Oh, well, there you go. That's not too bad. Yeah. So I have him at 15. But oh, man, I need to make some adjustments. I don't think uh, Michael Thomas should be 13 anymore. Just just a thought. Oh, that's okay. Oh, I'm in my I'm in the analyst depot. That's right. I don't do analyst depot adjustments now. I do it on fancy pros. Let's see. I have him at. Is the suspense killing everybody? Yep. I'm I'm dying to know. Crushed. 14. Oh, man. Hey, that's where I have him, too. So cool. There we go. There we go. We we all agree. Hold on. Let me just do this. Moving, continuing to move Traylon Burks down with every new week where he's still not practicing fully. Um, all right. I'm gonna put Chase Claypool above Traylon Burks. All right. So if we're so, doing a podcast here. I know, and I'm trying to move on to the next one. If you could stop interrupting me. <laughs> <laughs> Another bust uh, is Deontay Johnson, and that is the bust that Mike think is going to be a wide receiver that will bust. Wide receiver 13, <laughs> 38th overall. 14.3 in uh, salary cap drafts. Do you know what I'm doing there? That's what Cody Johnson does all the time when he's on, uh, on things. That's how he announces stuff like that. I I don't know who Cody Johnson is. You don't know who Cody Johnson is. No. Do you know who Matt Walsh blog is? That idiot. He's like non evil. He looks exactly the same. He's like good Matt Walsh blog. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. He does a podcast, right? He does. He did uh, with worst year ever with, um, uh, uh, Robert Evans, is and he, he does. Doctor Mr. Cody. He is Doctor Mr. Cody. Okay, yeah, I know yeah. you're talking about that. Yeah, he's Doctor Mr. Cody. So he does that all the time on their podcast. Anyways, uh, the wide receiver is Deontay Johnson, and Mike thinks he will be not good, and I am going to disagree with him because he's on my Scott Fishbowl team. Yeah, well, yeah, um, that would do it. Yeah, no, he's good, uh, Mike. No, Same he with really Mitchell is. Trubisky. <laughs> yeah. He, he, yeah, he he is he's okay as a as a player. As we know, um, does some drops in the NFL, but I'm not going to hold that to him as a negative, even though it's a negative. It's not. He improved on it last year, um, but he did still has. Say, some, did he have drops last year? I remember. Yeah, had, I think he, he only had any. two drops last year. I think it was a little bit more, but it was definitely a remarkable difference than the year previous. He had that one had nine on player profiler. What in the world? Oh, yeah, I don't know what's going on. Um, that. Uh, he had that one ugly in the end zone that was just horrible. Um, but a lot of Deontay Johnson's success was because of Ben Roethlisberger's uh, inability to go anywhere else but to Deontay Johnson. And that volume is going to change drastically when you have Chase Claypool and George Pickens and Pat Fryermuth and Najee Harris. The it's going to he's going to get ended up in the wash and at wide receiver thirteen. I can't I can't buy that. If if Ben Roethlisberger was there still quarterbacking, I could see him being in the top 10. But with with 
the way that things are going to shake out Kenny Pickett, we don't know who who the hell he's going to be targeting or not targeting when he's trying to target. Um, and we can't trust Mitchell Trubisky either. So I, I, I can't I don't trust anywhere near Deontay Johnson wide receiver 13. He's more like wide receiver 22 for me. OK, I'm confused. Why was Deontay Johnson good? Because of Ben Roethlisberger and his continuously targets of Ben Roethlisberger. It's because Ben Roethlisberger was bad? Well, it was because Ben Roethlisberger couldn't throw. I mean, he could, but it wasn't going to be. Ben Ben Roethlisberger was good at one thing, and that was dumping the ball off accurately. Right. Okay. So think Jimmy Garoppolo kind of arm. So do you think that Mitchell Trubisky is too good for that to be the game? I think Mitchell Trubisky can throw the ball deep, where Ben Roethlisberger couldn't. Sure, but how much of Ben Roethlisberger not being able to throw deep was also on the offensive line not being able to protect him? Well, yeah, that that's which probably is, which is going to stay Trubisky, true this year. And in Roethlisberger, and you're right, but Roethlisberger is very much more of a statue quarterback. Trubisky does have some mobility. True. Sure, but um, are they going to? kind of tell him to dump it off instead of getting himself killed because uh, Kenny Pickett is having trouble with um, getting any sort of snaps and in practice, he's running with the third team right now. So I think it will be Trubisky all year long. I, I just think that Deontay Johnson is their best wide receiver. And I think it's going too far to think that their best wide receiver getting a quarterback upgrade is going to somehow be bad for him. That's, that's the disconnect that I'm seeing. Well, the disconnect is the fact of availability, right? When Deontay Johnson is really him and Pat Fryermuth are the only two really available uh, targets for Roethlisberger, he's going to target them. Um, Chase Claypool can't be that. Anybody else can't be that. But those two can. So that's who he targeted. That's who he went with. That's what was the game plan. The game plan is not going to be that anymore. The offense is going to open up. And with why, offense, wait, 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 time out. Why, why, why is the offense going to be going away from their best player? I'm, I'm not saying that, I'm saying the offense is going to open up. Well, you just said it's going to open up. That's right. when I interrupted you. You said it was going to open up. Why is it going to open up and go away from their best player? Is It's not going to go away from the best player. It's just not going to go to the best player as frequent as you had to go with the offensive um, game plan that you had to use with Ben Roethlisberger. But why? Because you have better strong arm um, arm quarterbacks back there. So you're going to give the ball to worse players. I Mike, I don't yeah, think Mike thinks that Chase Claypool is a worse player than Deontay Johnson. Well, I no, think- yeah, it has nothing to do with talent. It has to do with being a. You don't want a closed offensive system. You essentially, want- I think what Mike's saying is essentially they don't want to be super predictable by just chucking the ball into the flat to Deontay Johnson a million times, just like they always have, because if that's your only part of your offense, it's not going to work as a good offense. Exactly. Was Deontay Johnson in the flat because of Deontay Johnson or because of Ben Roethlisberger? Because of both. Yeah. He ran the routes and Ben Roethlisberger targeted him because that's all really, but Ben Roethlisberger could be consistently good at doing. But is that all that Deontay Johnson can consistently be good at doing? He's one of the best route runners in the NFL. I'd have to look at his tape. I don't know. I have to watch him some more. But um, yeah, I mean, I think one of the best is a stretch. I don't think he's one of the best. 
the the numbers bear it out. There, the the reason the reason why they went and got George Pickens and someone that has athletic ability of Calvin Austin is for the the reason to stretch the offense because you never want to be closed off. Well, they said that they got they said that they got Pickens because they didn't want to pay Deontay Johnson twenty million dollars a year. That's for the future. That's not for that's not a concern for twenty twenty two. Okay. Well, if if they don't want to pay him, that should tell you something too, right? Well, I mean, a lot of teams don't want to want to play player pay players twenty million dollars a year. If he's worth it, they'll pay him. They they're gonna want to pay him. Not necessarily. I mean, teams like the Steelers do this all the time. Nope. Anyway, anyway. All right. Well, so, it, it is one of those questions that we'll find out, you know, as the season goes along. But it is an intriguing uh, question in my my mind, in my experience. Players like this um, do not achieve those statuses. I don't know what that means. I'm not. I, I will say I'm more on Mike's side. I don't think that Deontay Johnson is going to be wide receiver 13 or better. In my in my in my so many years of playing um, fantasy football, these situations really don't work out the way we think they they could work out. And what Deontay situation Johnson, though? What what situation are you talking every, about? Everything I just talked about. The fact okay, that they're going to open for, up the offense. The with, fact okay, that, what? No, Mike, I'm asking to what former situations are you referring? It doesn't sound like it. It, it, it sounds like uh, this is just something that you're like, well, I don't. Th- this is what I think, so I'm going to say that there's a precedent for this happening. I just because, can't think of another situation like this. I don't I don't keep track of those things. Well, you just said because in your experience, it doesn't work out. Yeah, because it hasn't. I was asking for an example. I know. I know what you're asking me for, but I cannot give you an example. I don't keep track of. OK, when I felt that in 2020, no, I'm not asking for 1994. I'm asking, I'm asking for a quarterback change from Roethlisberger to Trubisky, that style of change. That leads to a team going away from their best offensive. I weapon. understand what you're asking me for. You're asking for to, for me to show my receipts. Yeah. And because I'm saying said, to you that I'm not asking saying, you for your receipts because you, your justification was your receipts. You said, right. in my experience, this doesn't work. Right. And I was asking in what experience is that? Like what? what and I what know. Is and example? I, and and you I, don't, there's not one there. So. Right. There's no I, I can't pull out a receipt because I don't collect my receipts to go back and look at my receipts to show you where my receipts are. There, okay. when you when you've experienced something and you don't keep track of it, right? Then you know that through experience that it might have occurred to you, or that it has occurred to you, doesn't mean that you can go back and say, well, back in 2020 or back in 2013, and show it, right? You just know that that's occurred to you. Okay. Uh, sure. All right. So the busts are Jerry Judy. Uh, A.J. Brown and Deontay Johnson. We'll move on from that. Uh, let's move on to tight end. So Mike's going to take a seat because uh, we're not talking kickers to the end. So Mike gets to take a break. <laughs> Sleeper tight end for Walker is Dan Ardle. Tight end 30. These are some real deep uh, values here because uh, $0 and pick 353 for Dan Arnold. Uh, tight end 38. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, this is the closest thing to the Blake Jarwin Dalton Schultz situation from last year. 
um, where everybody just thought that Jarwin was going to come back in and walk into the starting job and he was getting drafted ahead of Schultz and then Schultz just kept doing what he was doing when Jarwin was injured. Um, I think that there's a situation where Dan Arnold could end up being the number one tight end for the Jags. He and Trevor Lawrence already have a rapport. He is a reliable target over the middle of the field that Lawrence can see turn around, sit in the zone. Um, and there could be a situation where Evan Ingram's running some of his routes out of the slot and Arnold's playing the more standard tight end role and they're on the field at the same time. So I think Arnold's going to get more play than people think. I think that he's going to be at times a relevant fantasy option. I'm not saying that he's going to be Dalton Schultz, that he's going to be top 10 all of a sudden. That's not going to happen. But he's a good value at 38, especially as a streaming tight end to pay attention to. Yeah, we had a little bit of that um, last year when he came in. It was the sort of thing where, um, you know, they were going to think they were giving O'Shaughnessy a bunch of targets and then O'Shaughnessy got hurt. They brought him in um, from Carolina and uh, mm-hmm. he immediately started to pay some dividends. Um, so my uh, uh, Mike, what do you think about uh, Dan Arnold? Yeah, I could easily see that situation taking place. Uh, I, I Obviously, they're going to want to get Evan Ingram the first opportunity because that's why they brought him over. But um, if they see the same Evan Ingram that we've seen over the last, what, six, seven years and go, Dan Arnold's doing better and being better, I, I could see Evan Ingram definitely taking the seat and Dan Arnold becoming that option for Trevor Lawrence because, as Walker said, he, he was doing well with, with Trevor Lawrence, and that's what you want. You want that connection. Okay. So um, my guy is Austin Hooper, who kind of fell off the face of the earth after he got a massive contract from Cleveland. Uh, he's tied in 26, um, 217 overall, and $1 in salary cap drafts. Uh, the Titans have not yet had a uh, – star tight end but they do target the tight end a decent amount um they targeted the tight end 21 percent of the time last year which was the same as the 49ers the reason that nobody could do anything with it was one jeff swaim two anthony ferkser <laughs> uh three yeah. they had 39 targets each so they weren't very good and they were splitting targets down the middle so um the last time we saw austin hooper he was relative back in 2019 he had seven and a half targets a game, six catches and 60 yards um, per game. And so you think about with the Titans offense, uh, there's not a lot of pass catchers there. Um, there's also not a lot of passes, but they don't really pass to the running back and they didn't add anybody to pass to the running back. So these normal distributions of targets that we think about. Um, can get kind of flipped on their head when a team completely ignores one section of the passing game. And in this case, it's passes to running backs. So even though they don't pass the ball a lot, they still pass the ball enough, I believe, to sustain um, either Traylon Burks or Robert Woods. I don't think both. And the tight end, which is already part of their passing game, because they passed it to the tight end as much as the 49ers did. Like, and George Kittle's top three because he gets enough volume. Last year, he struggled. Uh, because um, his volume was inconsistent, but tight end 26 versus tight end three, you'll take a little bit of inconsistency with tight end 26. I just think that we're discounting what Austin Hooper can do because Cleveland refused to use him. And because they also split up the tight end targets between Hooper, David Njoku, Harrison Bryant, and a handful of guys. 
All right, everybody's paying real good attention to what no, I'm saying. Oh yeah, I mean, I honestly I like Cooper as a as a deep tight end. He's my tight end too in our dynasty startup, um, which you guys both still need to pay me for, by the way. Um, what? I, you guys? I, didn't need, I thought it was a free league. No, it was it's twenty dollars. Oh okay, no problem. I, okay. I'll get that to you. Yeah, yeah sure. No Mike Michael gets you my twenty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, I'll be waiting for that, but uh, I'll that'll come that. through uh, snail mail, by the way. Right. Um, <laughs> I'm mailing you twenty dollars in pennies. I, I, <laughs> I just took Brandon Cooks at seven oh nine in SFE. So I just took uh, David Bell at sixteen whatever. So I'm very happy about that Brandon Cooks value. Yeah, that's um, what I was hoping would happen to me and, and Scott Fishbowl in the seventh round, but it did not. So we got him, folks. We <laughs> got the boy. Um, but yeah, I like Cooper as a, as a dart throw of late. I mean, I, I think he's, he's been productive before he's in a situation where he could be productive. He is the starting tight end. Um, he's the third best receiving threat on the team behind, uh, Traylon Brooks and Robert Woods. He, uh, he, he should be decently productive. I, I think he'll beat his ADP. I don't know if he'll be super fantasy relevant or not, but, um, he's certainly got a chance to be. And he's a better dart throw late than a lot of the other guys that are being taken in that range. Okay. All righty. So let's move on to, um, oh, not going to move on to Mike. <laughs> All right, Mike, let's talk your sleeper kicker. Hell yeah. Jake Elliott is on a team. He is a kicker. I believe he's on the Eagles. Yeah, he is on the Eagles. Oh yeah. yeah. He's kicker 23. 283 overall, $1.3 in salary cap drafts. Uh, Mike, I don't know about this. The numbers with Jake, I don't, I, I have nothing. <laughs> I, this is how I draft kickers. I sort by most points, and then every week I go by projected points, and if there's a guy on the waiver wire projected for more points, I drop my kicker and pick that guy up. That is how I play kicker. Yeah, that's one way to do it, for sure. Um, so tell me about Jacob Elliott. To do tight ends and defenses as well. Uh so Jake, Jake Elliott, I think, just really gets um, a bad name for a couple of reasons. One, in 2019, he was kicker 18, and he was even worse in 2020 as the place kicker 29. But last year, he was the kicker 9 overall. And when you add A.J. Brown, you add the fact that this, this – with the fact that Jalen Hurts can move the offense down the field because he does have the mobility to – escape the pocket and run. And usually those offenses can um, get closer to the goal line, which is kind of important if you're a kicker. I think that that kicker nine can actually, with A.J. Brown, become a kicker five to three. And when you're getting him at an ADP of of 23, it's it's definitely a sleeper for me. Okay. Walker, what are, I I don't know anything about the kickers. No, I um, just, and I had it, him muted because you can hear my dog is going crazy about something, and I don't know what. Yeah, it's a Jake Elliott is a pretty decent kicker. He's got a good leg. He's sporadic with his accuracy sometimes, but he's not bad. Um, and yeah, as kicker nine last year, there's definitely a scenario where uh, he repeats that or does a little bit better. And so, um, yeah, I'll I'll agree with Mike. Sure. Okay. Walker, Thank you, Walker. Let's talk, about, let's, You're welcome. <laughs> let's talk about somebody that Walker loves to talk about. 
The man's name is John Bates. He's tight end 53. He has literally no, like, when you sort by and everybody on Fancy Pros, he has no ADP. He doesn't show up. He's not there. He's $0. Uh, why don't you talk about the big, beautiful boy, John Bates, of the Washington Commies? Washington uh, tight end John Bates, good football player. That's all. That's almost all I got to say about him. Um, if Logan Thomas struggles to stay healthy again for the third consecutive season, uh, John Bates is the next man up. He is just a solid football player. He's a good blocker. He's a good receiver, soft hands, decently athletic, big, great red zone target. Um, and I, you know, th- this is kind of the same deal as a, uh, Foster Moreau, where if he ever got a chance to play in Vegas, I think he'd be really good. Um, John Bates is the same way. If he if he gets his chance, I think he'll be an upper tier tight end in the league. I love his uh, I love the way he plays. And uh, obviously he's as free as free can get. So, um, yeah, I would make a bet that John Bates finishes as a top 25 tight end this year. Yeah, he he only has to get out from behind Logan Thomas, which is I mean Logan Thomas had a big year, but he's was he's gotten pretty wobbly, and um, I think he's what like thirty now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes. John Bates sneaky sneakily older than you'd think. Oh my God, Walker, he turns twenty five this year. That's fine. Have you considered his breakout age? <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> okay, um, but no, John Bates was good in in limited time. He's a good football player and. Um, yeah, like Walker said, literally no no ADP, literally free. Mike, what do you think? Yeah, I you know, uh, I almost said the R word. The commanders really like to uh, target the tight end, as we've seen over the last couple of seasons. I'm a little worried about Wentz and his target usage in that sort of flat area, but uh, I, I think we, we really can't hope that Logan Thomas has – especially at his age and his injury history that he's going to play a full season. So John Bates at like Walker said for free, I'll take it. Yeah. So how about this? Uh, how about Gerald Everett? Is that a guy that you would take my breakout? Uh, he went from, he went back to LA, but the other LA team, he's a charger now tight end 24, 198 overall. He is a buck in salary cap drafts and here's the thing about gerald everett we all talked ourselves into gerald everett last year into what was probably not a great situation all things considered uh if your name was not jimmy graham the seahawks did not do a great job of getting you targets at tight end and now he goes to the chargers where they have been using dusty jared cook for the last was it just last year or was it the last two years i think it was just last year just Uh, last yeah they gave him a whole bunch of targets um he had, uh, let's see, uh, the Chargers had 129 targets to tight ends in 2021, which is 38 more than the Seahawks did. So even if they split the targets up among like Everett and like Donald Parham and what have you, he should have more opportunity than he had in Seattle. Um, but Everett, like per target, was pretty good last year. Uh, number two catch rate, uh, top tight end juke rate, and the 12th highest fantasy points per target last year among tight ends his main problem was one he had a pretty disastrous game against the 49ers uh, where he fumbled the ball in the goal line and two he only had 63 targets last year so uh gerald everett and jared cook last year here's the thing they had almost identical top end stat lines last year so if you look at their yards uh catches and touchdowns almost the same but jared cook had 24 targets and twice as many air yards 
So the opportunity in the offense that uh, Gerald Everett is going to is all there for him to take a step forward. It really feels like we talked ourselves into uh, Gerald Everett last year because it didn't work. We're ignoring a much better situation this year. Um, uh, uh, More stats. Uh, Top three in true catch rate. Top three in contested catch rate. Ninth in yards after contact. Uh, Jared Cook, uh, 11th in tight end air yards each of the last two seasons with Justin Herbert. Fifth most red zone attempts last year um, for Jared Cook. Uh, so it's it's a very straightforward thing for me to say, all right, let's take Jared Cook's production, um, Jared Cook's opportunity, give it to Gerald Everett and see what Gerald Everett can do. And, you know, he's going at, uh, you know, tight end 24. Um, I think it's one of those things where we're going to look back and go, yeah, the this is a post-hype sleeper. We probably should have uh, thought more about this uh, going into 2022. No, I like Everett. I, I think that uh, I think he's in a good situation, like you said. And I do like the point about us being excited about Gerald Everett last year, making us more reticent to be excited about him this year, even though the situation improved. So I thought that that was a really good point. Um, the thing I worry about is I think that those red zone looks that Cook was getting are going to go to Parham because he's so big. Um, but I do think Everett still will probably beat his tight end 24 ADP. So um, breakout might be a little strong for me, but uh, definitely, uh, definitely a guy who should beat his ADP. Donald Parham, too big, too big. I, I disagree with him as a person. That's that's too bad. <laughs> too big. Six he's, foot eight. Too big. Cool. Too big. Whenever I hear Parham, all I can think of is a parboiled ham. That's all I can think of. <laughs> No, thank you. Yeah, it does not. <laughs> Mike, do you know what parboiled is? No, I'm afraid to know. It's like half cooked through boiling. Yeah, like if you boil it and it's not fully cooked yet. Yeah. Ew. So like spaghetti <laughs> with, or something like that? No, you do it with vegetables. Yeah, you do uh, it You do it like on purpose. So that, the, so that the vegetables don't lose their crunch. Yeah. Uh, like you'll par- parboil like asparagus. Yeah. Okay. That yeah. I could deal with because I can't stand soggy vegetables. Yeah, no, but all I can think of is parboiled ham. Whenever I hear the name Donald Parham, it just comes <laughs> half, just comes to my brain as parboiled ham. A six foot eight half cooked ham. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, so title. that's I'm writing down right now a six foot eight half cooked ham. That is the episode title. Um, so all right, let's go to whatever Mike wants to talk about with this stupid kicker nonsense. I mean, <laughs> I mean, let's talk about. Uh, Breakout, Evan McPherson, Evan McFearless, uh, kicker six, 167 overall, $2.8 in salary cap drafts. Uh, Bengals kicker, I know this because of the playoffs. Yep, and he was a rookie last season, so breakout kind of fits that mold because usually when you want to see a breakout, he usually can come with youth. doesn't always have to, but for the most part it does. And as I said, McPherson being a rookie last season and doing just a phenomenal job in the playoffs. I think I don't even know if he missed. Uh, uh, Now he's the kicker six, which if the Bengals do, as you guys were talking about, not consistently keep up with the pace and the execution that they did last year. This will lead to more field goal attempts for McPherson and could generate not only a a kicker six, but maybe kicker two maybe he finishes a kicker one that opportunity is definitely there i actually have something to say about this uh and it's i agree 
Uh, I think that, no, I think that the Bengals offense, uh, their scoring, their touchdowns was greatly predicated on big plays, um, especially from Jamar Chase. And those are things that you can't count on coming through all the time. At the same time, they're still going to be a very good offense. They're going to be in the red zone a lot. They're going to be, you know, within the 30 a lot. So that's going to afford Evan McPherson a lot of opportunities to kick especially because you think about all these big plays that are going that are you know kind of high variance in so far as there's a lot of luck involved there's a lot of skill but there's also a lot of luck and that luck can run out which will you know then have drives sputtering out 10 right. 15 20 yards from the goal line instead of scores sure yeah and I, I i agree with that as well i think that mcpherson is a good candidate to have a really good kicker season no doubt there you go mike look at that we said things about kickers. <laughs> all right so let's talk about busts. Uh, tight end four, 36 overall, $12.6. Darren Waller, uh, Las Vegas Raiders, Walker has as his bust. Yeah, um, Waller's just, I don't see him paying off 36th pick overall AD. I mean, in a standard 12-team league, that's the end of the third round. That's way too early for Waller for me. Um, he shouldn't be going ahead of Kittle. He shouldn't be going ahead of Pitts. Um, and... I just don't see him being a value this season at all. Uh, Devontae Adams is a better football player than he is. And Hunter Renfro will continue to get those short area targets. So I think Waller's target share will go down a little bit. Um, he'll still be pretty efficient. He's still a talented football player. I still think he'll be you know, easily a top 10 tight end. But I, I simply don't think he's going to be top four. And therefore, I think that if you're taking him that early, you're expecting him to really produce for you and be one of the stalwarts of your team. And I just don't think he's worth that type of draft capital this year. Yeah, the Devontae Adams edition really kind of throws a, a, a wrench in a lot of stuff for me, especially like Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller. It's it's like Devontae Adams commands a massive target share. We talk about how there are players that when you project a team, you start off by giving them a big chunk of it. Like you start there and Devonte Adams is one of those players. And I'm not fully convinced despite how many targets he's gotten that Darren Waller is one of those players. Same with Hunter Renfro. And so it's, it's one of those things where it could like easily be where Darren Waller doesn't get these boom weeks that he has where he had like 200 yards um, because he's only getting five, six, seven targets a game instead of 10, 11, 12 because those targets are getting portioned off to Devonte Adams. And so he's losing that top end production that hasn't pushed down into like Mike Kosicki, uh, Dallas Goddard, Dalton Schultz territory, instead of, you know, like rubbing elbows with uh, Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey. Yeah. I simply just don't think he needs to be drafted anywhere near where he's being drafted. Mike, yeah, what do my- you think? No, I agree. I'm really been I'm really down on Darren Waller this year. Uh, when you have Hunter Renfro that stole the show from him last season, and he signed a big fat contract and proves himself to be a worthy goal line target, then you have of course Devonte Adams, and we know how great he is not only in between the twenties but as a great uh, red zone target. How much, how much, how many touchdowns is Darren Waller really going to get in this offense? How many targets is he really going to get in this offense? I think his name alone carries him a lot farther than his production will. Yeah, and I think that's what it comes down to is that, um, you know, Darren Waller has been one of these names at the position for the last couple of years, and 
he still carries that name, but you know everything around him has changed to the point that, you know, I, I think that it's it's if you're going to be cautious about this, you should uh, not lean into him this year. Yeah, he is not the surefire guy he was last year when we were drafting. Not by any means. I'm completely avoiding him because I know he'll go in the top five somewhere, and I just don't think that's where he's going to finish. I think he's a top eight, nine, maybe even ten tight end this year. Walker, were you going to say something? Nope, I'm I'm good. All right, so we'll talk about my tight end, Dawson Knox. Uh, tight end nine. It's the same story that I was telling with uh, Big Bob Tunyon last year. Uh, just touchdown regression. Uh, way too efficient with his targets. 71 targets last year. 49 catches, 587 yards, which was 20th, 15th, and 18th. Yet he was fourth in touchdowns last year. Uh, he was uh, t- uh, behind Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey, and Hunter Henry, who also had nine touchdowns, actually. Hunter Henry is going five tight end spots later in in the 120s to 130s, depending on where you draft. So players have adequately accounted for Hunter Henry's touchdown regression, but they haven't done that with Dawson Knox. I think because they say, hey, uh, you know, this Bill's offense is going to have a lot of firepower. It's going to score a lot of touchdowns. Well, they also added OJ Howard to the tight end room. So those tight end targets are going to get divvied up a bit. There's also the uh, addition of Jamison Crowder replacing uh, Cole Beasley. There's also the looming uh, breakout from Gabe Davis, however you might feel about that. Um, in this same offense in 2020, Dawson Knox caught a, t- caught a touchdown every 15 targets, whereas in 2021, it was every eight targets. And that 15 was still above league average. So you think about Dawson Knox, he's a good football player. I don't want to take that away from him. I think he's a good football player. I just think that the volume is going to cause some trouble. And, you know, I'm going to look at the targets, catches, and yards, again, where he was uh, 20th, 15th, and 18th, more so than I'm going to look at the touchdowns, because he had nine Mm -hmm. touchdowns on 49 catches. Like, that's just absurd. So almost one-fifth of his catches were touchdowns. Right. I mean, I I think I have him for something around, like, 50 for 606. And that puts him at, I believe, 146 fantasy points, which is... I think tight, I think I have him at tight end 10 just because that's where he ended up, but he's way outside of that tier. Like I, I don't feel comfortable having Dawson Knox as my starting tight end this year. I think he's a streaming tight end that's being drafted at a tight end one price. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm out on that. All right, Mike, how do you feel about uh, Mr. Dawson Knox? I, I think nine or 10 is probably legitimate spot for him, but I also am not excited by him uh, this season. Um, I'm not, I'm not, I, I he's not going to do what he did last year for, for one, the bills um, drafted uh, cut or um, cooks. Uh, so what? He, oh, James, Cook. James, Cook. James, James Cook. Cook yeah. Yes. And where they didn't have a, someone to dump the ball off in that, in that, uh, flat intermediate area. Now that's going to be James Cook, right? Sure. Um, for the most part. Uh, and the fact that touchdowns, I think they're going to really want to get Gabriel Davis involved. And there's just too many ifs, ands, and buts for Dawson Knox to continuously um, be a consistent tight end where we would like to have him where he was last year. And I agree with what Jeff's saying about Robert Tonyan. I don't think it would be that drastic of a, of a, uh, a fall, but. It's not someone I'm excited about. If he's there where the price is and I'm like, okay, I need a tight end and 
you know, it's him or I don't know, uh, Taysom Hill, I'll probably go with uh, Dawson Knox. Uh, yeah, I mean, Taysom Hill. Right? Yeah, that was I was being sarcastic. OK, I was going to say Taysom Hill is actually <laughs> going to get used like a real tight end this year, which is to say we don't need him. Get him yeah. out. Yeah, get him out. Yeah, get him out. So. All right. So Walker's bust is Darren Waller. My bust is Dawson Knox. Mike, let's talk about the annual overdrafted kicker, Justin Tucker. This year he's kicker 10, 122 overall, but he's $3.3 in salary cap draft. I think he's kicker one. Did I typo yeah. that? He's kicker yeah. one, which he's Again. never finished as in Yahoo. He's yeah, never yeah. been kicker one. He's never been kicker one. Ever, 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 and ever, 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 ever. Yeah, we take him there every year. And exactly. And that's one of the reasons why I wrote Justin Tucker down. Because you brought that to my attention, what, three years ago, four years ago, when you're like, I'm like, oh, Justin Tucker, number one. You're like, you know what? He's never been number one. He's never been number one. That's the the fact that sounds fake. (laughs) But yeah, he's never been number one. And um, so the last three years, he's been the kicker three in 2019, then eight in 2020, and then five last year. But in the last three years, Hollywood Brown has been there. And there's really, as we talked about earlier on the show, there's no deep threat in this offense. And uh, I, I think that's going to be really missing. Plus the fact that, you know, Lamar Jackson and those situations, he probably can drive him down the field a little bit. But without a deep threat, then you're going to be missing out on some big chunk yards to get him in that field goal range. I really see the opportunities for Justin Tucker to take um a dip and being at number one, I'm completely staying away from uh, 2020 kicker eight. I can see anywhere between eight and five or somewhere around there, but don't go reaching for this guy because he's not going to, he's going to bust if you think he's your kicker one or two. Um, So let's see, how far are we into the episode? We're about 127. So we're about tw- an hour and 25 minutes, so we can dedicate probably the next 35 minutes talking about Justin Tucker, if you, if you <laughs> folks would like. <sighs> Tucker, Tucker. No. That mother. Justin Tucker, more like ju- Justin. <laughs> uh, well, I can't say that one either. Uh, Justin um, Tucker, more like uh, Tustin Jucker. Tustin Jucker, there it is. All right, so Mike's sleeper kicker is Jake Elliott. His breakout is Evan McPherson. His bust is Justin Tucker. Uh, Linda, if you listen to one episode, it should be this one. All right, anything, anything else we want to add about uh, tight ends, wide receivers, kickers, anything like that? No. no, no need. Sounds good. So that'll do it for this week's episode of the Football Obscurity Podcast. Uh, sorry to Tony for all the Scott Fishbowl chat. Um, we will probably have less of that next week. More arguing about Gabe Davis, maybe. Next episode will be the Gabe Davis cast. Um, <laughs> uh, so you can check us out on uh, everywhere you find podcasts. Uh, you can also check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash football absurdity. Three bucks, three bucks a month gets you every other episode. Um, it also gets you our draft kit for free, which will also be $7 uh, if you just want the draft kit. That's coming out the beginning of August. Um, footballobsurdity.com is the website. Uh, it's player profile month. Um, they will all be coming out this month, all 160 of them. Uh, Discord is tiny.cc slash fbabsurdity. Uh, again, Twitter is at fballabsurdity. Walker is Big Daddy Dricks with an X. Mike is RFL Red Zone. I am Jeff Crisco, K R I S K O. Walker, Mike, Walker, any final words from you? Uh, Have a good day, and uh, I hope that you enjoy the podcast. (laughs) Kickers rule! 
Kickers rule. All right, goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye. I already said last words, Walker. You can't say bye. Bye. <laughs>